With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everybody, welcome to the program as we wrap up another huge sporting week right here on The Morning Show. Wherever you're listening across the SEN network, for our Sydney listeners, shower or two around today. It's been quite wet this morning. It'll be pretty muggy today. Um, so the rain will continue about 60% chance throughout the rest of the day. 26 for the city and 27 out west. Showers tomorrow. So if you're thinking about weekend sport or plans, showers tomorrow and possible shower on Sunday is the forecast in Sydney. A big lineup of guests this morning. Aaron Noonan will cover the latest in supercars down there at Adelaide, and I'll have a bit to say about that in just a sec because there's a lot going on behind the scenes in Australian motorsport and world motorsport, in fact. It's getting pretty juicy in Formula One too. Samantha Bates from the Sydney Thunder will join me. She's two wickets away from joining... A pretty exclusive club. Only 10 players in WBBL history have taken 100 wickets and Sam's on 98. So they've got their game this afternoon as the double headers get underway and the stadium series gets underway as well. Adam Pengilly from the Sydney Morning Herald will have all the latest from the PGA Championship at Royal Queensland. And we'll talk hockey this morning with Katrina Bailey-Price from the Canberra Chill as it gets down to that finals weekend in Canberra in the Hockey One League. And Chris Nelson will have our race tips. So to the Australian PGA Championship, another early start, of course, up there at Royal Queensland. And we are in to round two. Minwoo Lee and Joel Moscatel yet to tee off. So Moscatel leads at eight under after the first day. Minwoo Lee finished at seven under just after we went off here yesterday. A couple of early starters in terms of movers on the leaderboard, Sam Brazil has uh, birdied the first and parred the second. So he is at six under par. And some of the other movers, well, Adam Scott's underway too. And he's, um, no, he's not underway yet. He'll start the day at minus five. So still yet to see Adam Scott hit the course. Rod Pampling is off to a good start. Birdie, birdie on the first and second. And then he's gone par, 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 par before a bogey on the seventh hole. So that's the only blemish so far on Rod Pampling. He's tied for 11th at minus four. So lots to cover at the Australian PGA. We're also going to do a bit of this today. Be careful what you wish for. And there are some pretty graphic and classic examples, I reckon, in the world of sport where sometimes you've got to be careful what you wish for. So I want you to join in this debate this morning. What have you got to be careful what you wish for? You can put it into rugby league text if you want. You can put it into any other sport or perhaps some classic examples. Be careful 
what you wish for because sometimes and often it doesn't turn out that way, as we know. So is there anything that you've wished for about your footy team, your cricket team, a sport in particular, and they've gone that way and then you've got, oh, no, really? Why did I wish for that? <laughs> we all know what I'm talking about. 0457 736 736 is the text line. Let me know what we need to be careful, what we wish for. So let's start with rugby league. And this one, I just continually scratch my head. Now, there's a lot more going on around this, but I just cannot work out why on earth the Kiwis would turn around. Yes, I get the connection with coaching New South Wales and the path into Australian jumpers and all that kind of stuff, but why on earth would you send Michael Maguire packing from your job after they've demolished Australia? He's clearly got them to a place where they are a winning combination. Everything is going right. And now there's a huge, reportedly, a huge about face from the Kiwis. This time yesterday, we were saying, well, it looks as though they've locked him in the job. And I was like, well, thankfully, they've, they've got it right here. Yeah, there are options. There's always options. But the old boys have got together. Tony Kemp was on this program. And we'll have to track down Kempy next week. But Kempy was on this program last week, I think it was, saying it's time. You know, we can't have this. You can't have dual jobs which is all very fine, but think about who you're removing here. Michael Maguire got them there, and that's what they're going to say. Okay, well, the old boys say that we can't have an Australian who's about to coach New South Wales State of Origin. This is their prerogative, absolutely. But now they're saying it's an about face. No, we'll go the other way. If they can find somebody who can do the same, if not better, job, then good luck to them. 100%. But if they're making the call based on the fact that old boys want to see a change and that there's now the New South Wales coaching connection in play, then perhaps you need to sort of step back and think about, are we being careful what we wish for here? Maybe that leads to Madge also keeping that role down at Canberra. It just seems crazy that the only way is backwards after where he's taken him. Now, let's hope that that's not the case. But that may well be the case of a be careful what you wish for. The other one I can't wrap my head around this morning is the Commonwealth Games. Now, regular listeners to this program will understand that we have been on top of this story since the word go, since it all fell apart down at Victoria. And we've taken you, I dare say, deeper than most people have gone in terms of where the Commonwealth Games are really at, how it got to this stage, what's next, and what's the reality. And unfortunately, and this is coming from somebody who loves the Commonwealth Games, I went to my first Com Games as a young reporter for Channel 10 back in 1994. I know the importance of the Commonwealth Games to athletes in this country, and I agree. They've got a very, very big part to play in a lot of our athletes and the way that they perform on the big stage. But the fact of the matter is they're an absolute basket case. They cost way too much money. The model that they've had is broken. The model that they've been proposing has been broken before they even got to start it. And there's a very, very simple reason why governments around the world, around the Commonwealth, are bailing out left, right and centre. They can't make it work. Now, Gold Coast, and I've said this previously, if you're not a mayor who's putting his hand up saying, kick it to me, then you're not doing your job. But that's all great. Mayors don't make the calls. State governments in particular need to make the calls. 
they're the ones that will end up paying the most for it. And now we get this coast-to-coast proposal backed by Gina Reinhart. Now, that's a different thread to this story. But we're now looking at a coast-to-coast proposal that says Gold Coast could host aquatics one week and we share the cost with Perth in the next week where all the other sports essentially end up. They're 4,367 kilometres away from each other. They couldn't work out how to get it done in Melbourne and regional Victoria. How are they going to work out to get it done on one side of the country one week and the other side the next week? And get this for a letter that they've sent to Anthony Albanese. A letter that the mayors of the Gold Coast and Perth, putting their hands up, plus Gina Reinhardt, have said, we believe that a coast-to-coast games presents a special opportunity to showcase Australia and provides an excellent... That's fine, showcase Australia. And provides an excellent background for you, the Prime Minister, to invite those heads of the Commonwealth you may wish to have further discussions with and or entertain. What? We invite... We believe that a coast-to-coast games helps you invite members of the Commonwealth that you might want to talk to and or have a couple of prawn cocktails with. Give me a break. Be careful what you wish for here because we may, may well end up with a Commonwealth Games on either side of the country. The Queensland government's already said no. They're not going to back a Gold Coast Games. They're not going to throw all that money down the tube when they've got an Olympic Games further down the track. Who provides all of the police? Who provides all the state infrastructure, the state government? This is absolute lunacy. And now we've got these mayors saying, well, look, part of the reason is you might be able to have further discussions with and or entertain those heads of the Commonwealth. If you want to do that, go to the Commonwealth Heads of Government meeting or pick up the phone and have a Zoom call. Don't do it on our dime. Now, if Gina Reinhart's prepared to pay for it, that's a different story. She's already a patron of swimming, rowing, artistic swimming, volleyball, the lot. She throws a heck of a lot of money at a lot of our athletes, and she should be applauded for that one. But there's a huge reason why everyone's already said no. Canada have already said no. They've said no to the 100th anniversary of the Commonwealth Games, which started in Canada and was meant to be celebrated in Canada a hundred years later. They've already said no. Don't want a part of it. WA government's already said no. London's already said Everyone's saying no. If there's no state government backing, the answer's no. If the mayors of Gold Coast and Perth want to continue to get the headlines, that's fine. Go for your life. But I can't see how this one's going to end without tears. I hope that there's a home somewhere for the Commonwealth Games but I just can't see it making any sense. And there's a reason why, aside from the political mismanagement in Victoria, that the cost started to blow out. And let's not forget, too, this. The Commonwealth Games Federation have currently got $380 million of Victorian taxpayers' money as compensation sitting in their bank for doing nothing. Nothing. There's no Commonwealth Games going on down there. There won't be. And they paid them $380 in compensation. So do you want to go down that line again? Be careful what you wish for, folks. I'm telling you, watch out for that one. Another one.
While we're on the tear this morning, Motorsport Supercars, this has got quite a few people talking. Supercars are considering shaping, shaking up the Enduros next year. So here's the plan. <clears throat> Get main drivers to start endurance races. So just think Bathurst, right? We've got Sandown and Bathurst again next year. Think Bathurst where the main drivers from each entry will now be forced to start instead of co-drivers. Let me give you some background. From 2010... It was changed to make it the team's main drivers were not allowed to drive together. So the main drivers from each entry, two-car team, your main drivers were not allowed to drive together. So you couldn't have Jamie Wincup and Craig Lowndes, for instance, out of the same team in the same car. Therefore, each team had to go and get themselves a co-driver, a non-regular championship co-driver, who's clearly not going to be as good as the guy who's there week in, week out, or round in, round out. Now, teams will typically choose to start with their co-drivers for very strategic reasons. And their main drivers then usually bring it home, your triple stint to the chequered flag. Last year, we had a chaotic start. There were safety cars all over because the co-drivers were in the cars and there were calls for co-drivers to be banned from starting. Brad Jones, John Bow in particular led that. There's no rule currently that says a co-driver can't start the race. There's no rule around that. But now there is a proposal to make that a rule that says main drivers must start. And part of the reason is they want the bigger name drivers in the car at the start of Bathurst. That's why they want it. Because they think Bathurst is the biggest show we've got and what's the point of everyone switching on and seeing a co-driver whose name you probably don't really know versus a main driver starting the race and then chaos leads to it. So here's the thing about being careful what you wish for because head office is effectively going to tell the teams here how they want them to play. Think about that in sporting sense. Head office is going to tell your team how they want you to play. In fact, they'd be making the teams here play a certain way. Using the co-drivers first allows teams to get the maximum time at the back end of the race with their main drivers. Not just the stars, but the better and faster drivers. You remove that option, and remember it's an option, it removes strategy, it removes tactics, it removes the unknown of sport. And what for? For having the bigger names in the car at the start of the TV broadcast? The biggest viewing numbers are at the end of the TV broadcast, when the race finishes. Not the start, at 10 or 10.30 or 11 o'clock in the morning, but at the end of the broadcast, when the main drivers are in it. Is it to avoid the craziness of co-driver starts? Well, why not teach your co-drivers how to start better? Surely the onus goes back on the teams and the co-drivers to lift their game. Now, they don't get a lot of time in the cars. That's granted. But perhaps it's time to put more effort in on that or go back to allowing teams' main drivers to pair together. History shows that the closest thing to a main pairing will still win. Garth Tander on social media overnight, a five-time Bathurst winner, put it this way. The AFL-NRL dictate where their teams must start their players on the field. The ICC sets the batting order for each cricket match. So I guess it makes sense that supercars dictate which drivers are in the car at which time. Oh, wait. The AFL-NRL-ICC don't do any of that. So imagine telling Ivan Cleary where and when he can use Nathan Cleary in the grand final. Imagine saying to Billy Slater in Origin, we want you to start with Harry Grant at hooker, Ben Hunt at number seven and DCE on the bench because we think that's a better look when they run out. 
a classic case of be careful what you wish for. In cricket, so India have beaten Australia in the first T20 match. So Australia three for 208. Uh, Josh Inglis, Steve Smith, the only World Cup finalists that backed up. Well done to them. No sign of Travis Head. Marcus Stoinis and Sean Abbott were also playing. India, however, got there on the final ball. Well, with one to go because it was a no ball from Sean Abbott. Rinku Singh hit it for six, but it was a no ball anyway. And they needed that one run to win it. And that's where the one run came from. The six doesn't count. Just one of those weird quirks of cricket. But Josh Inglis, 110 off 50s. 100 came in 47 balls, 11 fours, 8 sixes. And Steve Smith, 52 off 41. Like I said, we'll chat with uh, Sam Bates a little bit later on. The Sydney Thunder play the Brisbane Heat this afternoon. The start of the stadium series. That's a double header at Adelaide Oval. But there's a lot of rain around. So we'll also touch on that in terms of what the weather means for the Adelaide 500. Uh, in tennis, Serbia and Italy have now gone through to the Davis Cup semi-final. So Serbia beat Great Britain uh, in essentially straight sets this morning. Two love in their two matchups. Italy beat the Netherlands 2-1. And of course, Australia v Finland in the other semi-final. There's some news around football. We also want to know what's going to be this weekend's breathtaking moment. That news around football, as in soccer is that Tony Gustafsson has already met with the Swedish Football Australia, possibly about taking on their men's national team job. So we'll have a little look at that. This weekend's breathtaking moment, let me know your thoughts. Thanks to ResMed. Awaken your best performance with ResMed. I reckon the Adelaide Supercars Championship fight could be a breathtaking moment. Championship weekends always seem as though they're going to play out some way, but they always end up playing out the other way. Talk about being careful what you wish for. 0457 736 736. There you go. We've come out swinging this morning. Little bits got, you know, under my bonnet this morning, but you can have your say on all of that. Be careful what you wish for. Let's do that. 1300 01 1170 is that open line number.